Doctors who have given a second opinion diagnosis, what is the worst first opinion you've ever encountered? I'm a surgeon. Most patients come to me after having seen another physician who has diagnosed them with something and told the patient to see a surgeon. I've been called to see more than one patient for appendicitis, who has already had an appendectomy. I've also been called in multiple cases for patients who very obviously have previously undiscovered very advanced cancer. It's always too far advanced for me to be of help, so I have to wonder, am I being called so I can be the bad guy and explain everything? Yes. The answer is yes. This is the opposite answer, but the best request for a second opinion came from a CVS Minute Clinic. Young, healthy law student goes to Minute Clinic. Has the flu, this was a few years ago, no Rona, feels awful. They check him out, yup, he has a fever, aches, sore throat, it's the flu, flu swab positive. His clinic vitals were notable for a heart rate of 140, a bit high, but not crazy high. Reassuring numbers are under 100. The guy otherwise walks into the CVS and is a healthy young guy. Would have been pretty easy to dismiss it. Anyway, the minute clinic says go to the ER, you need an EKG. So the guy follows orders. ER chief complaint is, I have the flu and CVS told me to come here. ER gets an EKG and he's in slow VT, which is a life-threatening arrhythmia that you have to be shocked out of. They take a look at his heart and it was giant and barely moving. He had an insane myocarditis. Dude ended up getting cannulated for ECMO within hours. Cardiac bypass machines as life support. I can't say all minutes clinics are the same, but holy crap, that was a great save. I'm a gynecologist. The number of times I've seen patients pregnant and upset or happy because some other doctor told them they can't get pregnant so they didn't use birth control is appalling. Usually, it's family med. Not ragging on all FM docs, just how it goes. I then have to explain that even if the patient has whatever condition that makes it unlikely for them to get pregnant, the odds are almost never 0%. Maybe less than 1%, but still not a zero. So of course it can happen. Well, when I first started feeling sick on the October of one year at college, I had a non-productive cough, night sweats and trouble sleeping, and I lost some weight. The school nurse gave me Claritin. All of those symptoms got worse. Plus, I was incredibly fatigued, my lymph nodes swelled up, and I had pretty bad backaches. My GP took a chest x-ray and prescribed antibiotics for pneumonia. At this point, I had almost failed out of school because I was only managing an hour or two of sleep per night. It took until spring break for me to go see a pulmonary specialist. He could instantly tell that it wasn't pneumonia. I had stage 4B Hodgkin's lymphoma. My first PET scan showed cancerous cells and lymph nodes in all four quadrants of my body. At this rate, I had lost about a third of my body weight. The cough, weight loss, and back pain were my swollen lymph nodes pressing on my lungs, stomach, and my back. They gave me my first round of chemo, and I felt genuinely incredible. I felt like such crap that an IV mix of carefully measured toxins was an improvement. I went home and ate a whole pizza. Chemo got crappier, but it worked, so I guess I can't complain too much. I'm a lawyer, but had a client given a devastating diagnosis of an extremely rare heart condition. Doctor told him he had six weeks to live. He contacted me to make his will and set his affairs in order. Thankfully, he sought a second opinion with an extremely well-known cardiologist. I guess the cardiologist was intrigued due to the rare nature of the heart condition. There was nothing wrong with him. He was fine. This poor guy and his family were tortured over this, so devastated and terrified, for nothing. He actually called me to tell all of this. He seemed to still be in a joyous, 
I'm not going to die stage, but I imagine anger comes at some point when you take stock of what you went through. I don't know how a doctor flips up that massively, or if somehow my client's results were mixed up with someone else's, and some poor fellow's number is almost up and they don't even know it. Patient When I was in college, I went to the doctor because I was peeing razors. It progressed pretty rapidly, and by the end of the week, I couldn't walk or sleep. The doctor asked me about my romantic life, and I told him the truth that my girlfriend and I had only been with each other and together for many years. He sort of scoffed at that and told me it was likely chlamydia. He had a long condescending speech about safe fun times with me and then sent me home. A week later, my pee tests were back. Turns out I had the worst bladder infection they'd ever seen. I had to have a camera shoved up my pee hole, multiple rounds of antibiotics, and to this day I struggled to pee due to irreversible damage in the infection caused. I don't know about you listeners, but the story made the narrator feel sympathy pain in his nether regions. I have one that happened to me. I did college gymnastics. My senior year I had an accident in practice landing on my neck. Went to the hospital, got x-rays, was told I was perfectly fine. Walked around in pain for a while. Weeks later, went to another dock, got a new set of images. My neck was broken in three places and had a dislocation. Had a multi-level fusion surgery days later. Found out my x-rays got swapped with someone else's in the ER, and I was originally diagnosed based on someone else's images. This was found out when I went to get my recordings long after my surgery for insurance purposes, and had my files and someone else's medical records and images in it. Because of the time I spent walking around with it, I have had a posterior surgery instead of anterior, which is way more invasive and gives me major issues to this day. Not a doctor. My husband had a situation where he almost died because of misdiagnosis. To preface this at the time, we were young in our mid-twenties, living in a college town. My husband had horrible pain, on floor, on hands and knees, horrible. We went to the ER and the doctor barely looked at him and just told him to stop drinking and it would be fine. We go home, the pain is getting worse and now he is vomiting. As soon as the doctor's office opens back home, where we grew up, we drove 1.5 hours to see our primary care. Within 15 minutes of walking into the GP office, my husband was rushed to emergency surgery. His gallbladder had almost completely ruptured and he was going septic. It was a total mess and he almost died because of a misdiagnosis. Obligatory, I am not the doctor, but the patient. I went to a sleep doctor because I was constantly tired and falling asleep standing up and such. Serious stuff. Doctor was like, well, you're overweight, so it's definitely sleep apnea. I did a sleep study, came back negative for sleep apnea. Doctor was like, well, I'm still positive it's sleep apnea because you're a porker. So he sent me home with a CPAP machine for a month. After a month of using the machine, which records your sleep apnea events every night and still said I didn't have sleep apnea, and with me having zero improvement in my symptoms, I went back to him and he said, Well, if this isn't working, I can't help you, because you obviously have sleep apnea, since all tubbos have sleep apnea, so you must not be using the CPAP. So I dropped him like a fresh turf and went to get a second opinion. New sleep doc, new sleep study, came back, and the new doctor says, Uh, Yeah, this is textbook narcolepsy. You have all the symptoms and the sleep study proves it beyond a shadow of a doubt. I told him about the other doctor and he said, This is obviously narcolepsy. Your previous doctor was a moron. And unlike the other quotes in this story, this is an actual direct quote. I'll never forget the look of disgust on his face when he said the word moron. Not a doctor, but my sister was suffering from headaches and minor seizures for a while. Went to an urgent care and they told us that she had an anxiety disorder and just needed something to calm her down. 
We got a second opinion at the ER and turns out she had stage 4 brain cancer. I miss her every day. Wow, we trust doctors for so much and I'm sure that they're doing their best with the time they have. But stories like this... Consider a second opinion sometimes, folks. I just left a practice partly because a woman brought her eight-month-old in for a second opinion. The practice owner had seen the rapidly enlarging sacral soft tissue mass, which the mother first noticed about six weeks prior. He told her not to worry about it. I checked his notes, which read, Plan. Ignore. I was shocked. There was a new onset rapidly enlarging blue-purple cystic mass on the baby's sacrum. It looked like a small plum under the skin at the top of her bum crack. And without any investigation, my colleague dismissed it. I was appalled. The mother was relieved. This wasn't the first not-great-judgment I've seen, but it was one of the worst. I realized I couldn't work in a clinic where I'd be stepping on other doctors' toes and couldn't trust their judgment. The babies had an imaging and a referral to a pediatric surgeon, but unfortunately I don't know the outcome because I'm working elsewhere now. Obligatory, I'm not a doctor, but... When I had my wisdom teeth out, it was pretty brutal. Like they had to put me completely under, dig deep into my jawbone, the teeth were coming in sideways and upside down, just like the worst case scenario. So I have the surgery and the next couple of days I'm in a lot of pain, which happens. And I realize I have this growing hot lump on the side of my jawbone. Me being a dumbass, I tried to be like, oh, it'll go away. But it didn't, and my mum caught sight of it, and took me back to the guy who did my surgery. Dentist dude took an x-ray and without even examining it or asking any questions first, said I was fine and it was probably just scar tissue and told me to leave. I thought, hey, well, he's smarter than me, so I guess he's right. My mother, however, did not think this. And so off we go for a second opinion and while we're headed over to the other office, the hard lump in my jaw bursts and blood and pus leaks everywhere in my mouth. It was so effing gross. My mum immediately turned around, drove back to the dental surgeon, dragged me, who was still spitting blood and pus, barged into the office and made the dental surgeon look in my mouth. The dental surgeon muttered something about hysterical women seeing things that weren't there, but prescribed me antibiotics and more pain meds anyway. And that was how the one to two week recovery took an entire month and I ended up having to drop out of a college course due to missing so much. I tasted this story. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. My uncle-in-law went to multiple doctors about leg pain and trouble walking. He's a big guy and every doctor told him in more or less condescending ways that his issue was that he needed to lose weight. After five years, he finally got someone to MRI him and it turned out he had a, by then, grapefruit-sized tumor in his leg. He unfortunately died about six months later because it metastasized. Yeah, being overweight is unhealthy, but seriously, F all those doctors that wouldn't believe he was in pain and just saw a fat person. Not a doctor, it was my doctor. I was a child and had a lot of trouble with abdominal pain. Mum kept taking me to the doctors, and he kept minimizing it, saying there was nothing wrong. Went on for a long time until I was doubled over in pain outside school one day. Mum asked me if it was hurting, and I told her it always hurt, and I just told her when it was really bad. She took me straight to my doctor's surgery and demanded I got looked into further, figuring a five-year-old child shouldn't be living in constant pain. A few scans later, and I was immediately whisked into surgery. My mum still can't think of me being wheeled into the theatre when her and the doctors did not even actually know what exactly was wrong and what they were going to do. The plan was to open me up, figure out the exact issue, and go from there. I had an extra growth on my kidney, which was all infected, an extra ureter that was infected the whole way along. The doctor who had continually fobbed my mum off as a panicking parent whose child has nothing wrong with them actually ended up making a house visit to apologise. I went to the ER for some crazy stomach pain and the doc there said it was because my thyroid was super inflamed. The thing is, I don't have a thyroid. I was born without one and I take meds every day because of this. I tell her this and she says, No, that can't be true. Your thyroid is enormous and sent me to do an ultrasound. Lo and behold, it's not there. She refused to believe this and asked my primary doctor to explain my seemingly crazy anatomy. He goes, Yeah, he doesn't have a thyroid. Turns out what she thought she saw was actually my Adam's apple, which I guess is sort of big. I had a period of about a year where I was getting constant UTIs, which is apparently, as a woman in her 20s, is normally caused by not peeing after doing it. I'm still not sure what was causing mine, but I was not active in the bedroom at all due to vaginismus. My doctor was away for school holidays and stupidly I thought I could last a week until she was back. Nope, two days later I could barely move from the couch in pain, so I called a doctor. This doctor, a home doctor because it was a public holiday, refused to hand over the script until I acknowledged that I was being sexually irresponsible. When I said, I am a virgin, embarrassing and potentially dangerous statement to make with a strange man in my house while I was home alone, this jackass laughed his ass off and said, no you're not, nobody is at this age, stop pretending to be all innocent, slammed the prescription on my coffee table and walked out, refusing to give me the starter dose that they're required to carry for people like me who are alone and can't get the prescription until the first dose kicks in enough to begin helping. I called the office to complain and he did get reprimanded. But holy heck was I embarrassed. Not a doctor. My grandmother fell from her horse one day. Not a terrible fall, but from the way she landed, she wanted to get checked out. She felt she had really jolted her spine and neck and was an older lady with fragile bones. Her doctor looked things over, gave her one of those soft neck cushion things, and sent her home. A couple days later, she decided to get a second opinion. No real reason, she just hadn't felt listened to by the first guy. The second doctor basically took one look at her x-rays and freaked out. He told her they needed to get her immediately into a brace to immobilize her spine. I googled to try and figure out what it was, 
I think it was a halo brace, but in my memory it's bigger and more metal than what I was seeing in the pictures. Basically, she had broken her neck, the same injury that paralyzed Christopher Reeve, but she wasn't paralyzed because the vertebrae hadn't dislocated. The second doctor said anything that did dislocate it, another minor fall, twisting wrong in bed, would mean being permanently paralyzed from the neck down. She wore her intense metal brace that kept her spine in place for a few months and was totally fine. She lived another 15 years after that. But I think about that story often. The second doctor saved her mobility and freedom. Not a doctor, but I second opinioned the doctor I had for two years in high school. He diagnosed me, gave me the medical certificates and drugs for pleurisy, twice, glandular fever, shingles, tonsillitis, despite no tonsils, and malaria. Five different diseases within two years for an otherwise healthy 16-year-old girl. My teachers would read these medical certificates and go, two weeks off for malaria, just after you recovered from your bout of glandular fever too. Very unfortunate. Clearly not buying a word of it. It was ridiculous. I specifically remember with the shingles one telling him that I have psoriasis, I've had for years, and I think it just popped up randomly on my ribs. He said, no, it's shingles, and it's quite rare for a young person like yourself to contract it. But he gave me two weeks off, so I didn't try to fight it too hard. Dude clearly just found a medical license on the street and claimed it as his own. She's depressed because of work. No, mom, she has schizophrenia. She has borderline personality disorder. Did you mean she is female and insisting there is something wrong with her when you want to write her off? Also, what she has is a brain tumor, so thanks for playing, but goodbye. He has anxiety. He has OCD, and I'm not sure how you missed it. It's not subtle. He just took some bad acid. Urine tests say no, and patient says he doesn't do drugs. And I get he's a teenager, but unless he took acid four months ago, while never being alone in the house because of lockdown, and it's only affecting him now by pixie magic, I guess, then I think what he has is psychosis, and I would like to admit him, please and thank you. Also, an infinite array of prisoners diagnosed as officers as making it up, when the answer was serious mental illness, but there's a reason I got the flip out of that job. I get the feeling that this is a prison care worker of some sort, they didn't mention it in the post. Nurse here. I cared for a woman who had been diagnosed with broken vertebrae. She was in a lot of pain, couldn't get her pain under control, and her blood pressure was very low. She'd lose consciousness and be very difficult to wake. I also couldn't get her doctor to answer the phone middle of the night. Something just felt off about the whole situation. He finally answered and demanded that we Narcan her, insisting we'd overdosed her on narcotics, following his orders. I then had a hysterical woman in a lot of pain, going in and out of consciousness. I finally walked down to the entrance of the hospital and grabbed the cardiologist, who came in at 4.30am for rounds, and said, This isn't your patient, but I think he's going to die. He came upstairs with me, looked at her and her chart, grabbed the bed and rolled her to ICU himself. I have no idea how the conversation went between the cardiologist and her doctor. She didn't have a broken back. She had an aortic aneurysm, which caused the pain and the low pressure and the loss of consciousness. She died the next day. Doctors, if the nurse says something is wrong, you might want to lay your eyes on the patient rather than shouting orders through the phone. Oh, 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 I have one. Not a doctor, but watch the biggest flip-ups ever. So, my sister is very tall, very thin, and very fit. She was in pre-season for her WNBL season, running medium distances. She had a sudden sharp pain in the left side of her chest, radiating arm pain and shortness of breath. She called an ambulance and was rushed to hospital. They did all the tests with the beep-beep machines and determined no heart attack. 
said she tore a muscle and sent her home. Welp, a week later she's still in pain and she swears she hears a hissing sound in her chest. She sees our GP. He listens to the chest, has her breathe in and out, goes, You've torn your lung. She's a perfect candidate for a torn lung. Tall, thin, fit. The GP was amazed the hospital didn't hear the tear. How do you miss a torn lung in the perfect candidate for a torn lung? I am a doctor, just not the right kind. When I was 20 or so, I started feeling dizzy, disorientated, tired all the time like I could never get enough sleep. My male family doctor literally patted me on the head and said I was just a type A young lady, and the problem was my monthlies gave me anxiety. Yeah, no, turns out I have a brain malformation that gives me epilepsy and associated narcoleptic episodes. He's since retired, unrelated, but he should have years ago. My co-worker went to a free walk-in clinic once because he wasn't feeling really well. The doctor told him he either had a really bad cold or AIDS. Actual doctor here. Someone came in with a diagnosis of toxic shock syndrome by their nurse practitioner, was sent to the ER, lights and sirens, the NP called ahead to say how sick this kiddo was. Kid shows up, it's scabies. Like it was actually flipping scabies. Not even close to toxic shock syndrome. I literally sent the kid home within 30 minutes of them arriving. Yes, I did call the NP back and educated her on what toxic shock syndrome actually was, and what can cause it. The girl wasn't even asked if she used tampons. She didn't. I told the parents to switch to a different provider, preferably an MD slash DO.